Hi, I'm Sam. I'm Calm. And one of us is bored. This week we're discussing Pokemon Live. Attention Pokemon fans. Get ready for Pokemon Live at the Fox Theater. Now you can be there as all your favorite characters come to life in this on-stage musical adventure. It's the only place to see a brand new Pokemon with amazing powers. You can meet Brock, Misty, Ash, and of course, Pikachu as the action hits the stage at the Fox Theater. Want to catch them all? Gotta catch it live. Pokemon Live. This is the end of Pokemon Month. We're finishing it with a bang, or maybe a whimper, with um, Pokemon Live, which was the musical stage adaptation of the Pokemon franchise. You have got us into this mess, so perhaps you could give us a little backstory about this, because you know way more about it than I could ever possibly hope to. Um, what is... Why is this? Sam, why is this? Um, so Pokemon Live is a very intriguing mystery for me. I, this has been a thing I've been intrigued with since I was like 14, where the soundtrack appeared on YouTube. Mm. And I was like, the fuck is this? There was no fucking sign of this show, like nothing. You could see a trailer, but you couldn't see any evidence of it actually happening. Like mm. it was just total, totally erased, which is funny because it was financially successful. I don't really understand why such efforts have gone to erase it. I mean, I do understand why, but you know what I mean. Um, it was originally meant to be on home video and it was meant to like spread to the UK and Australia and all sorts, but it just did a short-lived US tour. Again, financially successful, but um, yeah, <laughs> it's bizarre. So um, I'd always been kind of on and off searching for little clips to see what I could. And then one of the stage production managers uploaded the full show. One day out with the blue, but he put it in parts because way you know back in YouTube when you had like a time limit, you were like post so long, so you had to do it in like ten parts. It's a pain in the arse to watch, and it's a bit shit. But then 2020, a hero has assembled all the parts that's been posted by the various people who are in production and managed to save bits and edited the bit that's like it's it's cohesive. It must, it's not as you'll have seen. There's bits where it like switches between edits and it's a bit confusing you're like oh are they floating in the sky it's like no they're just showing you what the other side of the stage is seeing so you can see what's actually happening from a different perspective mm-hmm. but altogether, it's quite a good little edit i'm glad to have been able to see it and it's a very standard ch- children's show did you ever see things like the tweenies or barney when you're growing up like live not live i was i was aware of all those things but i never actually saw them live no see i, I went to the tweenies and barney and this is very I'd actually say the Pokemon one's a little bit better because it's like, you know, some of the music's not too bad. It's taken directly from the show, mm-hmm. like the TV show. And then they made it more cheesy for the for the musical. So at least you have that to kind of carry you through. You do, yes. Um, so I had, like, I didn't know that this existed, honestly. Like, you hear rumors about, oh, you know, there's a stage show based on this or whatever. In the same way that you hear rumors that like, there's a film about a game being developed or something and then it just never materializes. I always felt that this fell into that category of, you know, whenever it was mentioned, I just kind of assumed it was like an urban myth, almost, essentially. Um, I feel like comparing it to the tweenies and barney is a good a good comparison the the thing that stuck out to me actually i felt i've never been to butlins but it did feel like a butlins kind of 
play to me based on what I understand that sort of thing to be as well. Um, the sort of thing that you wouldn't be surprised if the Chocolate Brothers appeared midway through. Um, it's just kind of got that that vibe. Um, it felt in some ways very cheap, and yet there was a lot of pyrotechnics going on throughout it at the same time as well, which belied its cheapness in other areas. And um, I don't entirely know how I feel about it, honestly, because there are some story beats that kind of come out of nowhere and are quite surprising. I think some of the some of the stage designs a little bit boring. Some of the character, uh, some of the car- character costumes. I mean, they're not exactly difficult to replicate. But I guess they did a good job at, at doing that, based on what you can tell with the, the quality of the the um, the video and stuff. It looks like most of the characters are clearly who they're meant to be. Um, some of the Pokemon themselves are essentially stationary statues on wheels, and then others are people in mascot costumes poor little mascots that can't see where they're going and have to be led around the stage. Yeah, I do feel sorry for the poor bastard in the Pikachu costume, I have to say. He's just getting dragged around the place. Yeah. Clearly can't see anything. There is actually, if you're interested, not well, you, Callum, and you, a listener, there is a documentary that survived of the making of this musical, and that was actually easier to find in the musical for a very long time. Goodness. Like, it was a kind of a, kind of a big deal at the time. Like, it, it really was. I mean... For, for you saying like uh, the, the backgrounds are a bit boring, they were, but to be fair to them, they weren't like a stationary Broadway show or a West End show. It was one that had to be traveling around and packed up and brought back down and all this. No, I think it, I think that's a fair point. And I think it is also worth highlighting that this wasn't a family production. This was aimed purely at children. Like the, like the there's um, some clips at the end of this where you see the audience and it's clearly a lot of young kids in there. And we're talking young like four five six seven just just you're mentioning about the songs and stuff so i having despite having never seen this and despite not knowing what was going to happen i recognized a lot of the songs instantly because uh some of them are on the to be a master soundtrack and so like i knew the best friends song and i knew the everything changes song and i knew the team rockets rocking song as yeah. well um misty's love song as well is also on that soundtrack everything changes the fucking bop see i i quite like that one i i think my, i think best friends is possibly the most boppiest for me the beginning one yeah the very first it's just got like the power chords going on and it's just like fucking like major major uplifting positivity do you know what though that being said see the music because the music actually decent at points it doesn't match what's happening in the story yeah agreed like so it's like oh this is a really like big song for just a woman talking about her son being a bit older there's also a really big faux pas which uh i mean i'm sure you'll have you'll have realized but you may not have realized it to be a faux pas but possibly when i mention it you will have this, something ruined for you the poker rap is not included and <laughs> i feel like if you're going to have a bunch of songs from the tv series that is the obvious one to include and actually so they, they there's there's a song at the end where they they literally spell out i can't remember how the tune goes but they're like p-o-k-e-m-o-n pokemon ha 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 i'm like this would have been the great like a great way to put the poker poker rap in like yeah. that would have been that should have been what you should have concluded the whole thing on instead of like we all love Pokemon. It should have just been the Pokerap. So the Pokedex gets a song after the interval. 
Yeah, that could have been the poker. That could have that could have as well because that was a little bit redundant. It, that went on for five minutes. It goes on too long and it adds nothing to the story. Like that, what they should have done is just had some has been rapper come out do the poker app, and that would have been, you know. Because it did have TV screens, because it just had someone pre-record the poker rap, and that's just the warning for kids to get back on their seats, you know, because they're peeing. Or, yeah, or they could have even like, yeah, you're that's not even not even pre-recorded. They could have just played the original and had some dancers on stage. Yeah, like that would have been like possibly even the best solution there. Um, d- yeah. Anyway, it was missing. I noted it, and I'm. Uh, you got complaints. I've got complaints to make. Got complaints to make. Um, I will be heard. (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. Um, I actually heard a story. This was on a talk show with the guy Andrew who played James. Because Andrew's actually been in the Book of Mormon. He's quite a big Broadway actor now. Mm -hmm. And he said he was like sitting on the the speakers smoking a cigarette and wanting to kill himself. (laughs) Because he hated being in the show so much. I mean, having children boo at you every night is probably... <laughs> and sometimes the kids would even boo. Like, We saw multiple... Technically, the video that me and Calum saw, and I will link it because it's able... You know, it's the only place you can see it, it's on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, so that we saw multiple performances edited together to make a cohesive video. And sometimes the crowds were so flat, it was cringy. Like a song would finish and it'd be like... Yeah. That's it. Yeah, I, I think that's got to be like difficult. Mentally, not, yeah, <laughs> men- mentally it does. I mean, when you're playing a villain, I think it's it's one thing to have people booing and stuff, but like, I, I it felt like <sighs> the the children are too young to know the difference between boo or the villain, and like boo, that's a bad performance. And so every time they're on, there's either silence or booing, and it's it comes across as. Uh, missing the mark on the part of the audience a lot of the time and i understand okay they're children but they they did they did team rocket put on some really good performances during that and then they're just booed and you kind of think like that's uh, it feels a little bit pretty disheartening i guess of all the of all the things in this taboo that's not one of them yeah you know Um, so there's many like I'm, i'm not gonna lie I was laughing my way through it, like I was actually laughing my way through it, but I actually kind of enjoyed myself because it was like, it was pretty bad, (laughs) but it was funny bad at points, like, so Ash and his mum are clearly the same age, (laughs) like, they're just the same age. (laughs) If Ash could be older than his mum in this. Yeah. And then Professor Oak is like prancing like across the stage, like he can't walk normal. And I'm like, why are you walking like that? He's never done that in the cartoon. No, I, I, yeah, I don't know. I like that there is jokes about um, Mom and Oak being a couple at the start as well. It's kind of risky. No, we've never. I've never. I never. It's like mm, you wouldn't ever because you've prancing around. Like she's not into that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah apparently not well i guess because at the end they do dance together so just just, to, just very quickly while i think about it um mm-hmm. i find it really really interesting that at the start you've got uh, the announcer saying um uh pokemon live presented by four kids and nintendo and like i don't know why i didn't think that they would have their brands like attached to this but I, I like part of me assumed this was going to be like a an independent, uh, j- just kind of release like cheaply done or whatever. But no, this was a big fish like a fucking thing that Nintendo and Four Kids actually put their names to. 
Like I that shocked me. I wasn't genuinely. I was like, I was like, really? I actually rewound it to hear that again. It just, it just it's fucking bizarre to it's me. It's confusing because they did do their best to erase it. Right? It made a lot of money. Mm-hmm. It was very successful with young kids. But you know, with the movies, they soft launched or say soft launched. They hard launched a new Pokemon. Did you ever mm-hmm. see Mecha Mewtwo anywhere else? Uh, no. I, 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 I no. I mean, you asking the question makes me wonder if it was meant to exist somewhere else. But I feel like um, I feel like it didn't, and I feel like maybe it didn't do as I don't understand because it did make money. It did, right? And there was this documentary, but it's just so strange that they fucking suddenly hated it so much. It mustn't have done as well as they wanted it to because it was cancelled in the UK very quickly. Mecha Mewtwo is a robotic Pokemon seen only in Pokemon Live. Uh. Yeah. So no, it doesn't exist anywhere else. But that's bizarre, isn't it? That they like they're like, I think maybe maybe it didn't like cause it looked quite packed from from the clips we saw. And again, it does say here financial success, but it must have like done I don't know like something went terribly wrong because they're suddenly trying to hide the shit out of this. It's only because of a guy called Chris Mitchell who was like the production manager that we get to see it at all. And then a few other people kind of came out and said, oh, I also did this and I took a video of this and you know, but I they've mean, done their best. It's it's kind of a little bit embarrassing, but then there's plenty of other embarrassing things that have like not faded into oblivion. Mm-hmm. So I don't I don't think something being slightly humiliating is enough of a reason for it to just vanish from the world forever. Uh, it could well be that they just didn't think there would be enough of an audience to to take it out of the US tour. In the end, I see. I don't. I don't know. Like because it's like it's not just like oh we'll cancel it. It's, oh, it's like oh fuck this needs to go. But then I saw the guy who played Ash actually posted a picture of him and the woman who voiced Ash at the time. Mm-hmm. He posted that a couple a couple of weeks ago. So like he's still willing to talk about it. No one else is though. But it's just like it was. It, it wasn't good. Don't get me wrong. It wasn't good. But it wasn't like offensively bad. See. No, it wasn't offensively bad, but I I, I wonder if maybe I'm just too uh, <laughs> I'm just too above Pokemon. But once again, this for me has kind of fallen into the area of being I I found it like more boring than anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, there's something about me, there's something within me that's quite sad saying that, honestly. Because I, so when we proposed doing this month, I was actually really looking forward to revisiting a lot of this stuff. And I think one of the common threads that I've found each week as we've gone through these films is just how dull I mostly found them. Um, and I'm, I mean, I'd never seen this before, the, the live musical, obviously, until we watched it for this. But again, I found it a little bit boring and i wonder if it's just i don't want to sound uh like a total wanker but i wonder if it's just like a case of you know you have some things you just i don't know let go of or or your palette changes or whatever and it's just because i know there's a lot of adults are still like really into pokemon and stuff yeah well see i really i think i like i think i enjoyed them a lot more than you did to be fair um but I guess it's, I don't know, it's just different, different strokes for different folks, eh? Like, that's, I think that's what you're trying to say. Like, some people yeah. just go out of stuff, but like, I think for me, the nostalgic love song. 
Yeah, I think some of the individual Pokemon themselves are super cute. Like, you know, I, I think I'm forever going to be a fan of Charmander and apparently Totodile's a new favorite as well. Um, and then some of the songs as well have a nostalgic quality, but I think the franchise and the stories that it tells as a whole probably just don't resonate with me the way that they used to. Which is really shame because that's like, that's a part of your, well, it's a part of you dying or part of me dying essentially. And, you know, I, I mean, you replace that with other things and stuff, but, you know, seven-year-old me or well actually seven-year-old me i don't know if this was around when i was seven probably not eight-year-old me nine-year-old me ten-year-old me probably through to like you know i don't know 12 year old me or something eight to 12 that's probably the the region at which i was probably invested in like the games and stuff um would probably be, be very disappointed to hear like this episode and me saying this but well, no, i think it's fair because i think the difference between you and me is one i kind of like kept playing the games like I've, yeah. I keep playing the games I like the game still and two like I listened to the fucking Pokemon musical soundtrack when I was 14 that's when it appeared unfortunately so I was listening to these during my fucking formative music years <laughs> very very unfortunate there is actually I've just found guys and I will I will link us all to this in case you want to let's do it there is a podcast with one of the writers of the musical oh and, and there's a big chapter that says budget limitations so I'm assuming there must I, I think to be fair for all that we're like it looks cheap I imagine it was very very expensive all of that you have a fucking robot Mewtwo thing mm. like and it was the early 2000s I imagine it would have been ridiculously expensive god, well god just getting the rights to it in the first place would have been expensive well, I think I think it's them that commissioned it because it was like they got the Pikachu voice, like the, they got some original lines from the lady who voices Pikachu in the show to do and Meowth Pikachu. as well. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. But they were, they weren't taken from the show; they were done for the show. You know yeah, I mean? they were. Yeah. So I, I imagine this was actually insanely, insanely expensive, and it was just they couldn't afford to take it other places because they would make a loss. That's probably the truth of the matter. And they're like, there's no point. There's no point releasing this on DVD because no one else is going to see it. So why bother? And I, I do think some of the some of the practical effects leave a little bit to be desired as well. So there's there's a moment early on where there's a bunch of stationary Pokemon wheeled around, and uh -huh. there's like there's clearly a person in the middle wheeling them, and they're like, oh, it's Grimer, and it's whatever the fuck you are, and it's just it just looks naff. It does, and I, I get, I get, it's for children again. But there are ways you could have done that, like whether it was having a black background and having your your set assistant dressed in black as well, so that he's hidden a bit more to move them around. Like you, there are ways that you can do that. That's less in your face and having someone clearly wheeling them there. Um, and it's yeah, I don't really know what to say <laughs> just disappointed <laughs> I, again i think it's pretty standard but that entire section was made <laughs> was made worse by having ash brock and messy be on the stage during it yeah agreed. because you had them awkwardly circling around there was nothing really happening it's these stationary pokemon going around in a circle and mm. ash brock and messy had to try and like improvise a reaction to it and you're going wow Oh, and it's like this does not turn authentic at all. And sometimes they're making like wincy noises as if they're like, oh, you know, that's gonna fall. They're like, <laughs> yeah. like, you don't sound like you're excited anymore. You sound like you're uh, worried slash concerned slash like just not into these Pokemon floating around you. So 
Do you you might know the answer to this? So I'm I'm presuming a lot of what goes on in this is not canon, and it's just a kind of a a a, a, a side project essentially. But this it toes a weird line between referencing the show in some ways but then also adding story elements so like a weird self-referential bit is when ash is dancing to the theme tune in his underwear um they of course the characters would not know that they have a theme tune because they are as as far as they're concerned like that's their life and yet within the context of this theme uh, this show they're aware of the theme tune and all that Mm -hmm. thing in order to do that so and I, I don't think this is a show being like clever and meta, um, but it's making jokes in that way. But then it also tries to add to the story and references story beats. And it's placed within a timeline that um, is a little bit messed up. So you've got um, Misty's sad song for Ash, for, for example, because she's he's like he doesn't realize that um, she's in love with him, essentially. There, I don't know that that it happens explicitly in the series like that i can't remember but that song does exist on the tv series soundtrack um complete with uh input from misty's actual voice actress on the original studio version um so that takes place before uh they go before pokemon the first movie in the lore and then you have obviously mewtwo making appearance at the end of this which, which means that this this stage play takes place after Pokemon the first movie, and yet there are so many parts of this that are like either before and or after that it can't be placed in any one single timeline because parts of it replicate things that have already happened, parts of it are new and don't make any sense, and parts of it represent things that have not yet happened but may well not. Well, do. I present this to you okay. as a thought. The people at Four Kids don't write Pokemon, they adapt it from a Japanese anime Mm. and they're commissioning someone to write something without any input from the Japanese anime other than the voice actor of Pikachu. It it just couldn't work, you know what I mean? Like, there's just no way it could work and then they can't really translate translate that across the pond because it's like, it's not based off... It's, you know, why would Japan, who've made Pokemon, let an American production come in of their thing? Mm Mm-hmm. And then the whole, that probably is why the home releasing didn't work. It's like, well, if it's only going to re- release in the US, that doesn't make any sense. Because why would you bother do that? You know, if you can only release it to one region. Yeah. Because it can't translate anywhere else. Because it's literally an American production. It's made for America only. Mm-hmm. Um, I've actually they, there was another international production. I'm going to quickly send you this so you can have a look um, and skip your way to one hour one minute for Nightmare oh. Fuel. And this oh is why. God. So they they decided that. The US way wasn't going to work, so they had to do like anime masks. But it looks like someone has peeled the skin off a cartoon and plopped it on their face. Where am I going? Sorry. One hour, one minute. So I think the international productions, because they were trying to make it more localized to their own spaces, didn't fucking work. Mexico. Oh my god. Jesus. Right. Well. Yeah. I mean, they tried something different. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sometimes, sometimes trying is, yeah, worth it. I can, I can kind of see of why. It, yeah, so I can kind of see why it didn't go anywhere else, or why it, you know, it kind of 
It was probably a flash in the pan of success because I think if that went to other places, it probably would start losing money because it wasn't actually that good a show. No, it wasn't. I, I think as well, another thing to consider there is that like this came out in 2001 and arguably I would say that Pokemon's like initial popularity was on the decline by that point as well, at least outside of Japan. It was, I, I think, sort of like 98 through... 2001 possibly was maybe where the peak years were and after that it did start to become less popular i mean i don't i don't know how it was in in your school for example but very rapidly there was a period of time where all of the kids were super into pokemon cards and then it was no one does pokemon cards anymore that's really lame and people would pretend that they weren't into it anymore just because that was designated how things were yeah i think that's fair um, I, I kept, well, I, I, there was times I went on and off, but um, for the most part, if someone said, here's a Pokemon game, draw play it, I would probably play it even now. And in fact, I am actually going to buy myself one because um, <laughs> I do have a Switch. So I was like, I'm going to buy Pokemon. Oh, what one was it? Because there's one where it's the past and one it's the future, and I've forgotten which one it is. I'm going to have to get one to remind me and tell me which one I'm to buy because I want to get the future one. <laughs> which one am I buying? <laughs> which one? Tell me. <laughs> Hello, fellow kids. <laughs> tell yeah. me which game to buy. <laughs> But yeah, you're probably right to an extent. Oh, they're like, well, I think I think maybe the UK they should they could have went with the UK one. I think it would have done well here in 2001, 2002. It was 2002 the UK tour was meant to be. I think it still would have managed to do quite well here. Uh, but I do understand why it maybe didn't work in other places, especially if they're trying to change shit to make it their own. Like, mm. and it's not canon either. You're right; it does fuck with canon because Mewtwo's in there, and yes, Mewtwo races has. Um, presence in ash's mind again mm-hmm. but it's like did how many times he do that like three fucking times because then you had the direct to dv when, when was that tv movie you know the mewtwo strike the returns mewtwo returns i feel like that was um i feel like that might have been after number three after film three potentially so that one was released march 2001 okay which is a problem because you can't have the musical after Mewtwo Returns shows in Japan, because then it's confusing because it's like, oh, Ash is like forgotten him. You know what I mean? It has to it has to be shown after the first movie, but before Mewtwo Returns for it to work. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you have to rewrite stuff and it's a whole pain. Like, you're right, it just fucks with canon in a yeah. big way, especially Prof- Professor Oak is so fucking comically not Professor Oak. Yeah. I don't remember being like that. Maybe I'd, I've not watched the show properly in a really long time. Maybe he was like that. I feel like he got hammed up quite a lot for the films and then the stage show, no, that was that was like almost a caricature. Camp. Yeah, pretty much. So I don't really buy that uh, overly. Um, I also think Mi- Misty was made like full bitch. Like she was so self-centered in this, like obsessively. Like I don't think she was that into Ash in the TV show that she was like obnoxiously self-centered. Like, oh, you only pay attention to Pokemon. I'm like, yeah, dude, that's like his thing. If you don't like that, why do you like him? No, so the the most we've seen of that is her kind of reactions or to the to the implied nature of their relationship in in the second film. Mm-hmm. And I mean, even then that was ramped up for like the filmness, the filminess of it. Uh, in the TV series, I, I think it was just the odd passing comment, like, and it was never dragged like on and on and on throughout an episode like that. I don't think so. She's like, I want to go to the movies. I'm like, what? You watch movies in this world? Yeah. And like. Too, like, like, stop being so, like, I don't know, so passive aggressive about it. She's, 
she's like so at one point in the show Pikachu's kidnapped by Team Rocket and she gaslights well she didn't gaslight she just says to Ash like oh I bet you he left because you, you're really shit to your friends I'm like that's really fucking mean mm. like that's just so out of pocket so mean and then Ash believes it and he sings this sad song about Pikachu leaving him I'm like that's also a really big overreaction <laughs> because why would he leave you there's no reason for him to leave you you're fucking his guide dog so he needs you so Mecha Mewtwo then is this is Giovanni's plan throughout the whole of this. It's 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 a robotic Mewtwo which learns the attacks of other Pokemon. I'm not really sure how that helps Giovanni take over the world, honestly. It's a fucking ditto. It's uh, basically yeah, it is. It's a big metal ditto. There's a, there's <laughs> a big there's a big plot hole here in that like Pikachu ends up being the last the last thing to. Um, to fight Mecha Mewtwo because he needs some electric attacks and I'm just like he literally fought an Electrode or a Voltorb or something earlier yeah but that I, one only used self-destruct I was gonna say I know it used self-destruct but that is an electric yeah but he needed Thundershock and Thunderbolt yeah I mean he could have learned it there though because he says something like we need an electric Pokemon I'm like you literally just had one though like what why does it have to be why does it have to be um ash and pikachu specifically it's just well it's like why does it have to be ash and pikachu specifically because there's a little song in the middle listener called pikachu i choose you mm-hmm. and in that song like fucking 15 pikachus appear mm-hmm. they could just have plucked any of them like they make it sound like there's only one pikachu they make pikachu out to be a legendary pokemon yeah and it's, it's like not. why that one unless he knows a really specific attack that no other pikachu knows he does not Giovanni also like very camp in this like hilariously camp to be honest I thought Ash and Brock were as well oh Brock was like ridiculously camp so like, so was that like they all were yeah <laughs> all of them I would say the least camp was James weirdly I mean we know why we, we know now why Misty's not getting any but <laughs> she'll work out <laughs> fucking Jessie went too hard man like, she was her yeah she's wailing away just sort of like oh yeah <laughs> I'm like wow calm it like I understand that you're like here to do a job but calm like she must have been snorting so much before shows it's funny though because some of the inflections were spot on like when, when she when she hit it where it was meant to hit like she got it but like yeah. 95% of the time it just sounded like it, like someone maniac just <laughs> screeching uh, yeah maniacally screaming so yeah weird weird choices um the big sort of uh plot development in this and that we kind of find out that ash's mom had canoodled with giovanni back in the day and this is a big uh moment of conflict because team rocket is everything that ash is against that's such a like fucking teenager thing to say. They represent everything I hate. It's like, oh god, there's no, no room for nuance in this. Uh, no, I'll, I'll, t- I'll give him the one point that they keep fucking annoying the shit out of him and trying to steal his Pokemon in particular. Like he is definitely being targeted. I would also be annoyed with him. But hmm. um, but when his mum's like, I used to be into Rocket. He's like, fuck you, mum, and runs off. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but also, she does tell him at a really inappropriate time after she's left his Pikachu behind hmm. after the Pikachu rescued her. Yeah. She's like, I need to find Ash and tell him the truth. It's like, no, why don't you grab the Pokemon? Like, he was like, you could have grabbed him. Could well, she's having her self-centered moment in this, which, yeah. incidentally, her and her Misty and uh, Ash's mom share a song together at one point as well about 
Love. How important they are. Yeah, yeah. basically. <laughs> the self-centered song. The self-centered song called I've Got a Secret, which is a good trio song, to be fair. I think that's one of the originals written for this. Yeah. Um, I have to say, just on that point, I don't... A lot of the originals written for this, I did not think were better than the ones that they'd leached. I think everything that was actually taken from one of the previous soundtracks was better than anything that was written specifically for this. I didn't mind. I didn't mind the self-centered song. I didn't. I didn't mind it, but it didn't blow me away either. Like the best songs are all the ones that previously existed. Um, everything changes was just unexpectedly good because, like, Professor Oak's like been shit in the entire show, and suddenly it's like a bop of a song. Mm. But I know that's from the show. But yeah. actually, the show version is better, isn't it, as well? Yeah. It's song of soul. <laughs> like, this is, like, someone complaining because she slept with Giovanni when she was 19 or whatever. Yeah. And that's a, that's another point, actually. I don't know if it's just... Maybe this is unfair. Because it's not like they can't sing because they are hitting the notes. But I think a lot of the tones of people's voices in this I didn't necessarily think meshed together quite well. A lot of it, to me, just sounded like people shouting. And that's maybe like such an old man thing to say, but like it didn't sound like singing in a way that one would expect from a stage show. It's, it's, it felt. So I think there was a problem with two people in particular. I didn't mind most of them. I think most of them were actually quite good. Misty's voice didn't ma- mesh well with Ashes or, or Brock's actually. Hers was like really high and sometimes it sounded like it was off key, but I couldn't tell if it actually was. It was just her part was written weird. Mm-hmm. And Professor Oak had a really strange was it a vibrato thing mm-hmm. where it was like really kind of high pitched and nasally mm-hmm. so it sounded weird with um, Ash's mum I think Ash's mum's voice was really good like she actually sounded like her character if you know what I mean mm-hmm. like the, 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 the anime dubbed <laughs> character's voice like you could believe that was her even though she looked like she was 23 and she was 23 mm-hmm. um, I think Ash's got a strong voice but he doesn't sound like Ash but he did whine like Ash so he gets that yeah uh, Jessie's voice was actually quite grating sometimes because she was screeching. She was screeching yeah. the entire time, and it made James sound so calm and, and uh, contrast, which is weird because James is usually the more camp one out of the two of them. Yeah, he's 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 more screechy in the series normally, and more more complainy. It's, it's weird how that reversed for this. Yeah. But, um, um, and Brock was Brock didn't Brock was kind of not like he was the most out of character for me because yes, he is into like Jenny and. Uh, joy. I mean, there's a there is a Jedi Joy song to be fair, which. But like, he, he I don't remember him fighting with Messi that much. I don't remember him being a pig pain in the arse. I thought he was meant to be the mature one, but he had that big flaw of like being a bit of a nonce. So yeah, I don't think. I mean, I might be. I think him. I think Brock and Ash maybe fought once or twice in some episodes, but like it was never like huge fights. Uh, it was more just like. Uh, momentary conflict. I don't recall Ash, uh, Brock, and Misty ever fighting. Ash and Misty fought a fair bit, but I don't recall them two, those two, ever fighting. No, but I don't recall them fighting because Brock was totally incompetent. Like I think Brock could breed a map because he was the one cooking the dinners and stuff in the in the TV show, right? Yeah, he was. Yeah. So why like, they just have this guy that can't read a map anymore? He's just like they've just dumbed him down so much to the point it's like a fed. So yeah. And it's like, come on. Like, I, I don't know. I don't think they nailed Brock. That's a problem with, I guess, people who have not written the original source material writing the musical. Because, hmm. yeah, you can make jokes about it when you're dubbing it. But the actions are weird in this. 
Yeah. Like he's totally inept. He's walking around in a circle. Yeah, I think that's a fair comment. I, I think as well, just to go back to the, the plot development, Giovanni having went out with Ash's mum doesn't actually add anything. Like there's no there's no real drama there in the sense that like, I mean, Ash isn't exactly thrilled about it, but like nothing really comes of it. No, but I think it, they were feeding into the whole, like, I think they weren't allowed to say that that's your dad, but I think they wanted to. I mean, that would that would have been a fucking twist. Wouldn't um, it? Yeah, I'd have. But having said that, I can see why they wouldn't want them to go for that either. Like that. But you know what? See me hearing the fucking soundtrack before I could see it, because you couldn't find the plot of this before mm-hmm. that guy released the script and then got the video. Mm-hmm. So I could I didn't know the plot of this musical until like 2020. Mm-hmm. I thought for years, just based off the soundtrack, that's what was the plot. That that was <laughs> he was finding out who his dad was. I mm-hmm. thought it was like Star Wars. <laughs> so it's kind of a shock to me that he's not the dad. Yeah, wasted opportunity. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it wouldn't have passed as canon. They'd have had to have been like, nah, this isn't real. You know, they'd have, like, it would never have went anywhere. They had no chance of getting that to Japan if they were going to make Ash's dad Giovanni, because that totally changes the show. <laughs> like, it really does. I'm not a huge fan of the, like, the Deus Ex Machina of the real Mewtwo arriving out of nowhere as well to save the day, because that's just, like, there's no hint that that's going to happen throughout. It's just a random, random occurrence. I don't know. They, I, I don't know. At least they had like, you know, the, the, the Mewtwo was a mecha Mewtwo. It wasn't just a mecha Pokemon, you know. It li- it literally could have been like almost Santa Claus or God or something could have turned up and it would have made as much sense. Like it's just it out completely out of nowhere, and with no foreshadowing or any hint that that's going to be the case. Bloody bloody again Charizard that got given away could have came up and been the savior again. It, it's just. I, I understand Mewtwo versus Mecha Mewtwo, but it just... How does he know that this is the plan? Because he doesn't. He's gone off to do his own thing for the past forever. Yeah. Um, and it's Giovanni also knows who Mewtwo is, despite having Mewtwo having kind of retconned the end of the first film and all that sort of stuff. Well, Giovanni, to be fair, kidnapped Mewtwo for ages, and like that was in the TV series that Giovanni had Mewtwo. I mean that see that to me feels like a bit of an omission on Mewtwo's part for Giovanni to also not be blotted out there. But he wasn't at the island. It's only who was at the island who got erased. Yeah, but like I mean, not that being the case, you would think Giovanni knows this creature that he created has gone off and is flying around somewhere. Like surely he'd be like, right, I want you to leave me alone, so I'm going to make you forget about me as well. Yeah, but I guess he didn't. <laughs> He's like, oh, fuck it. Yeah, clearly not. I don't know. I'd have to watch the show to find out, you know, if they justified that one at all. I don't think they did. No, I, maybe Mewtwo just forgot. <laughs> He's just like, oh, whoops, I forgot about you. Whoopsie. Yeah. Um, I did like, though, when um, uh, I can't remember the context that this was in, uh, which is annoying because I only watched it a few hours ago. <laughs> but like, uh, it's it's when Mewtwo's arrived and there's a whole bunch of stuff flashing up on screen and then Ash's mom's face is suddenly just up there for no reason. Dude, it's like Harry Potter. Like that's what I was thinking. Like, so so Lester, if you're not watching this, you won't have. Um basically Mecha Mewtwo is destroyed by the power of love. Uh-huh. Um, and so it's like Ash's mom is like Lily Potter all of a sudden and like it's I don't know that it just made me laugh it reminded me so much of like of like dude it's came out at similar times and they're just like blatantly copying yeah 
<laughs> it's like the power of love will save us. And yeah, they did that in the first uh, Pokemon movie, I guess, but not the same way. Like this way, it's like a force field of, you know, because Ash is about to be hyper beamed violently on stage. It's like this Pokemon's not attached humans till now, but now he is. Because Ash yeah. tried to fist fight with Giovanni. Um, and then, yeah, he has flashbacks of all the stuff he loves, like the Pokemon and the people, and that saves the day. Yeah, with a, I like that the hyper beam was like we had to just to kind of imagine it essentially, and the force field we just had to essentially imagine as well. We've got we've got pyrotechnics for some sparklers for electric attacks and some the occasional flashing light and stuff, but when it comes to hyper beam, just use your imagination, kids. Yeah. <laughs> I quite like the poison ivy, the poison attack. Like it was like a smoke thing. Yeah, just a puff of smoke. Yeah, it's like. <laughs> I loved I loved people running over to their Pokemon when they were hurt. Like, oh, Ivysaur, no! Yeah, because they couldn't leave because they can't see their costumes. Yeah, <laughs> I know the Ivysaur was like a big moving stationary thing, but the other things like the Alkazam, Alkazam. like come back and drag him back. I know. Yeah. Oh no, you fainted. Come here. <laughs> yeah. The only other thing of note I have to add um, is that uh, if you watch the credits, there's a funny little clip towards the end of a kid shouting you stink get off the stage at team rocket which is fucking hilarious because it's just it's just a genuine reaction like everyone's going boo and then this just child just goes you stink get off the stage <laughs> <laughs> worth a watch just for that alone just skip to the credits and watch that dear listener it's very funny <laughs> children are funny sometimes like that just they are, they are they're not filtered completely unfiltered yeah um yeah, I, I actually the, the credits thing. I quite liked seeing you had all these people with glow sticks that had little Pokemon uh, yeah. balls on the end, and um, it was it was nice. It, it's a nice little time capsule of that kind of moment in history, and I suppose that's where the benefit of this comes from. Although having said that, as a as a production and as a stage show, it didn't really do an awful lot for me and. Yeah, that's kind of where it is. It was a kids' show. I said you're like you're it not is. a child, um, but it is very much like as someone who went to the tweenies and Barney. You do, you get given one of the glowy sticks and it reacts in time with it. It's very nostalgic. It's like a nice little time capsule to see that. And I am very glad that they managed to assemble it because I was so curious for so long. Mm-hmm. Like it, it took a lot of fucking effort to find it because they did do their best, but yeah. they failed. They and failed. there's still there's still little parts missing, is there not? No. Is that the whole thing? I'm sure there was a little bit at the start that said there were some omissions or something in the text that flashed on screen at the start. I'm sure it said something like. No, I think I think it's for the most part like if anything it be it would be like you don't see a dance. Yeah. Break, you know. Um, the, the omissions part I'd say is like you can't. There's bits where you can't really see what's going on because they had to zoom out again. Yeah. Because it was a different cut, but and you know there's parts where you couldn't see. Apparently there was stuff projected up onto the ceiling as well at points. Yeah, we wouldn't have seen so, that. Yeah, but I mean, They did a good job of including the little, so there was little side Pokedex TVs that had stuff playing during the show and sometimes mm-hmm. it was like in time to beat to music, it was funny. They had quite a good job of including that in the edit. So the guy who did the edit gets fucking applause, like I've been so curious, so thank you so much to that person because I'm now able to die happy. You'll sleep well tonight. <laughs> yeah. Oh, anything else to add? I would, if you're interested, listener, I would have we listen to the soundtrack and make up your own story because I think what you can make up is probably better than what actually happened. Mm, I think that's a fair, fair suggestion. 
But it is a very interesting thing. Like, there's a couple of videos now popping up that I can see of the history of it and stuff. It's just it's just a fun little novelty thing to learn about. Like, you can whip out at parties and look what I know. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh. well. That being that, then, I think that kind of concludes Pokemon Month. So, of the four things we've watched, what was your favorite this month? Oh, see, it's funny, because you were like, oh, I'm kind of bored. I actually, I liked all of it. <laughs> oh. I think number three was the best film mm-hmm. for plot. Number one was the most nostalgic. I also really liked watching number two, and this was a fucking, this was a trip, this fourth one. So I don't know, I got a lot of different things from everything and they were all quite short to watch. So I really appreciate the nice slow drift into watching movies for the podcast again. What were mm. you? Number three, I think, was my surprise favorite. I, I went into the, to the month expecting the first one to be my favorite purely for nostalgia reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, and there is an element of mis- nostalgia attached to it. Um, the, I think the first one comes second for me followed by the second film in third place. And then this live thing last, mostly just because I don't have any connection to this at all. Um, and as I say, I didn't find it the most engaging thing ever. So It's such a niche group that will find like actual connection to this because not like yeah. if it only went to like 12 places for five dates. Yeah. What a small group of people were privileged enough to see this live. Yeah, I know. Like I, I, there's, um, yeah, not many of them. So it is what it is. So yeah, I think so. I think the third film for me is probably my favorite of everything we've watched. But that's not saying an awful lot for me, unfortunately. So it is what it is. Um, but it's been it's been nice revisiting it, though. That, that being said, because I don't know when else, when um, whenever else I would have had the thought to come back and look at this stuff had it not been for this. So mm-hmm. it's nice to to revisit it, see what I remembered, see what I didn't and uh learn the odd thing or two along the way as well and isn't that what it's all about in oh, the yes. end <laughs> and if um, i ended up having to fucking spring money for a game exactly everybody wins oh yeah <laughs> everybody wins so next month maybe you should maybe you should uh go into what's happening next month so next month is the most important month of the year not only is it panic's farewell tour but it's my farewell tour to my youth um, well, not quite. Not quite. I'm not that old. I'm so young. Um, it is my birthday month and it will be the birthday month. And if you don't know what that means, you're going to have to find out next month. Or should I tell them? <laughs> mm, I think I think leave them wondering until we, well, we could drop hints on Instagram. Yeah. Hey, so if you can figure out what the birthday month means, you get to, um, you get to win, I guess. You don't win anything, but you get the fucking joy of saying you won. Yeah the okay. birthday month congrats you win so yeah next next week we are so we'll um just come back for the birthday month then we'll not even tell you what we're starting with no no oh uh, yeah i'll just keep it totally secret yeah until until then see you <laughs> next time thanks for listening we hope you've liked what you've heard want more follow us on instagram at one of us is bored subscribe to us on youtube Leave us a rating and listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Audible, or wherever else you listen to your podcasts.